in high school, I was teased a lot for that. And so I had to do something to, like, hide that. And then as I got older, I thought, I don't care what people... Who cares? It doesn't matter what people think. And if they don't like me, okay, that's fine. But it turns out a lot more people have been like, oh my gosh, I love this. Shopping for clothes, doing your daughter's hair, obsessing over reality TV... It's not a list that would describe most dads, but those are just some of the things that make my guest today so unique. Jason Dunnigan is a husband and father to four kids, and he shares his family adventures on Instagram as the modern dad. Now, while Jason admits it's sometimes scary to put all of your quirks on full display, he lives his life with no regrets and a refreshing style of authenticity that seems to keep everyone coming back for more. Today, he's sharing where he got his zest for life and why he never judges a book by its cover. Welcome to Heart of the Home, a podcast exploring the personal histories that inspire our surroundings, candid conversations about the stories behind the pretty pictures, tales of design and renovations gone wrong and right, because a home isn't just a structure filled with things, it's the people who live there. So join me as we explore the unique stories that help each of us find our way home. Thank you so much for being here, Jason. You're so welcome. Yeah. It's fun to like, I've met you a few times in person, totally. but we don't get a lot of face-to-face interaction. Yeah. It's mainly like me watching your Insta stories yeah. and dying laughing. And and same. And I'm looking at all your design things. And I'm like... I want to do that in my backyard. Well, I want to do that to my house. Thank you. <laughs> now, what well, we were just talking before we started recording about how you have revolutionized breakfast by using a dash waffle maker for <laughs> egg McMuffins. It's a game changer. If it's you don't an have, egg changer. It's an egg changer. Yeah. Exactly. If you don't have a little dash waffle maker, they're like, I don't know, they're probably like the size of your palm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every morning, my kids want a little waffle. Yeah. Now. It's like pancakes aren't cool anymore. It has no. to be in waffle form. And they have to have some kind of print in them, like um, a snowflake yeah, ours have or a, a snowflake. bunny or a heart. Or so Mickey I need Mouse. 40 of them. <laughs> Why not? It's fine. Do you have more than one? We have two. You have two. What, which prints do you have? No prints. Because oh, I didn't want to go there. Yeah. Oh, because you're like, no, I'm like, my no, kids are going to. If we gonna... do that, then we're going to have to get all of them. The kids are going to fight over And which every one. kid is going to want their own print. And I'm like, yeah. Not today. We're kind of already there. I have one who always wants pancakes, one who wants a waffle, and one who wants French toast. So I find myself making three different (laughs) breakfasts every single morning. It's ridiculous. I mean, I do that too. I always tell my kids, though, I want you to have a good day. So what can I do this morning to help you have a good day? And they're like, I want pancakes. And the other one's like, I want a waffle. And the third one's like, I want French toast. So that's what I do every day. Okay, perfect. I know. Okay. (laughs) But we're not here to talk about the Dash Waffle Maker. We're here to talk about you and your home. And so I want to start, let's back up a bit. You and I have talked, we're going to back way up, right? We've talked a little bit online about both being adopted. Oh, yeah. We are both adopted. Both adopted. Your story is so interesting, though, because... Your parents literally got a phone call and you were at the hospital. Yes. I have yes. never heard of that like actually happening in real life before. I feel like that's like the this is us. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like the this is us 
adoption scene where like the parents are like, we have a baby waiting for you at the hospital. Tell me about that and how that came to be. Sure. So we have similar experiences in that we both went through LDS family services and how we were adopted. So my parents had adopted my sister previous to me. She's three years older. And then they always had in that they wanted to adopt again. Um, It was 82. She was 79. I was 82. And it was always, you had no idea what you would get, when you would get it, and if it was even feasible to get another child. Right. So my parents just had a room. I want to say my mom told me it was set up for a year to just have a room in case they got that phone call. Wow. Could you imagine what that would be like? Torture. A, to walk by it every day and B, the antist like, oh my gosh, what if we got a call today? Is today, today going to be the call? What if we go out of town? Right. Right. And also cell phones weren't even a thing. So, so you feel like you can't even leave your house phone. Right. Oh my right. goodness. So they finally got the call and they said, hey, we have a baby boy here at the hospital for you. If you'd like to come pick him up and my mom, they went and they picked me up. And then the next day I had to go back because I was jaundice and pigeon toed. And so I had to go back and my mom believes I was there overnight. And she was like, that was the hardest night of my life because I had just gotten you. And that is like already overwhelming. And then I have to take you back. And I was oh like, my goodness. oh my gosh, mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I did that to you when yeah. I was a newborn. Um, so your your sister also was adopted. Do you mm-hmm. have any other adopted siblings? No. So there's just the two of us. There's, oh, there's just, just me two. and my sister. Okay. Yes. Same with me. I just have one older sister as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. It's crazy. And, you know, your dad, he is a lawmaker here in So my Utah. dad, yeah, he's in the House of Representatives. Yeah, so... I have seen him before because when I was a reporter, I've actually interviewed him before. Yeah. A long time ago. Um, Before I actually made that connection that it was your dad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I saw you. A lot of people do that all the time. They're like, wait a second. This is your dad? And I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. But you guys look alike. It's bananas. We look a lot so alike. much alike. And even with my mom. And the smile. And the, I mean, you guys look a lot alike. Yeah. And then you talk to us and you're like, oh, yeah, you're very different. Yeah. <laughs> He's very serious to the point, And I guess I'm not. No, you're, you're more fun, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me about your childhood growing up. What was your home life like and, and, you know, your relationship with your parents and your siblings? Yeah. So growing up was fun. We grew up in Taylorsville. Um, I always just thought things were great. I've always known I was adopted. That's always been, my parents always talked about it. There was a book my mom would always read to us that this is how you came to me. So it was always, we knew. There was never one day a surprise that, oh, you're adopted. But with that, there was always the teasing. Um, in school, I always got teased that you... Your you, parents didn't, your parents didn't you love you. Born. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you were just dropped off on a porch somewhere. Um, I got... Um, your mom looked at you and saw how ugly you were mm-hmm. and got and gave you away. Did you right. get that one oh, too? Everything. Yeah. Um, your parents couldn't afford you because of the life you like to live. And I'm like, What are you kidding? Like you were a baby. I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> how would they know? This is so nuts. But as you as you said in your stories before, um, kids say some really hurtful things. Mean things. 
And I think they don't know that it's so hurtful, but those things stuck forever. And it was always, oh my gosh, yeah, my, my parents didn't love me. Like, I wasn't loved. I wasn't wanted. And I think it took until my adulthood really to know, no, my parent, both sets of parents, birth parents and my adoptive parents, really did love me and really did care they about me. They wanted what was best for sure, you. Sure, sure. Yeah. What was your home like growing up? What kind of environment did your parents create? Yeah, so we grew up very, I mean, normal, everyday life. Everything was good. Me and my older sister, we never got along. So sometimes she was the one that was saying the hurtful things. I would say them back to her because, well, if if you're saying these things about me being adopted, the same Hello. for you. You're adopted too. So <laughs> Hi, it Kettle, goes both ways. Both ways. Um, but yeah, it was always, we just grew up, there was just the two of us, our family. We did lots of things with extended family. Um, yeah, we went to church. We, I went to school. It was just normal, everyday life. Nothing Pretty normal. Nothing childhood. crazy. Yeah. 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 Tell me about young adulthood and how you met your wife and, and sort of formed your own family unit. Yeah, sure. So I... Didn't get married until I was 30, which is crazy, but everywhere... Which is not crazy if you're outside of Utah, but right. here in Utah, that that's a little... Totally. Right. Everyone's and now I think like, it's becoming, are you going to get married? Right. It's becoming more of a norm to get married a little later, but 30 was like, okay, it's time to do something. And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, so I had gone to school out in California. Um, I was going to go into dentistry. Um, I had a friend here that was struggling and said, hey, I need someone to be here. Would you move back? And I said, yes. So I moved back here. I was going to a singles ward um, and we got a new bishop and he had said to me, hey, I got this niece you should take out. So a ward is a church congregation for right. anyone who's, you know, not in, right. in Utah lingo. Right? right. And a bishop is like the leader of like pastor said, yes. Yep. So <laughs> I said to him, I'm fine. I don't need another friend. I don't need to take anyone out. Like, I'm good. I don't want to be set up. <laughs> yeah. Do not. I don't need to be set up again, especially on a blind date. And everyone just assumes they know the right person for someone so I was like, I'm fine. Well, then one night his wife cornered me and said, so I let her know you're going to call. Um, <laughs> no you need, pressure. You need a caller. And I'm I'm not going to stand anyone up. I'm not going to be rude. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll call her. Um, I called her up, left a message. She called me back, left a message. I still have the message on my phone of her <gasps> calling me back. And that was a Monday night. I set up a date to go out with her Saturday night and her aunt felt like that wasn't soon enough. <laughs> so she said, Hey, we're going to go see a city production of Les Mes. You should come with us. And so I hurried and got a ticket and then I finished reading the text and it said, and, and Emily's going to be there. And I thought, well, now I got to go get a new outfit. <laughs> and cause I had the one I was planning for Saturday. And so we went to the show and Every single day, except I think maybe one weekend from when we met to when we got married, we were together. It was one of those one and you know, you know. And oh my goodness. We met the end of June and got married in October. And then we had our first child 
within a year after he was at our one year anniversary. Whoa. Eating the cake with us. Whoa. <laughs> and then since we were both 30, we knew we wanted to have kids quick. So now we're both 39, four kids, spaced them out every two years. We're kind of planners. So, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot yeah. of life change all at once. <laughs> it really, right? really is. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like even though you were 30, you had to grow up real fast becoming a parent? Or were you like, no, this is like what I was made to do. This is like what we want to do. Yeah. So it was more, I mean, a lo- I think a lot of couples have that time where they were together before kids. Mm-hmm. And we had maybe 11 months of that. Um, before our oldest was born. But I felt like both of us were just in that time in our lives. We were like, this this is the next step. Like, we both were ready for that. We both had a bunch of nieces and nephews that we always kind of would parent. And so it just felt natural and worked out. What was it about her that you were like, this is the one? Oh my gosh, first her eyes. I just stared at them and knew she was amazing. But just how accepting of me she was, I think it was, so there may be a video on the internet of me winning a competition in a leotard. What? Doing the single ladies dance. To I win, did not know about this. Yeah, to win Mr. Westminster, I learned the single ladies dance, wore heels, and a custom-made leotard. Wow. So our first date, I'm like, you're going to see this. Let's just put Let's it just out there. Let's just put it out there so it's not awkward for anybody. <laughs> And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. And then I kind of just like, we're both we're both adults. And I just spilled everything and said, look, here's all the things I've done. And she was like, okay, are, are those, is that who you are today? No? Okay, then I'm fine. It's, we all do things. We all have lives. We all make choices and we all can learn from that. And that's where I was like, thank you. We don't all wear leotards <laughs> dancing on the internet. Right. We don't but, all do that. No. But I love that you guys had like this. You know what? That is so interesting because John and I had a similar conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's all the stuff. Like, here's all the crazy and yeah. her families. Like, and we were both like, well, I can live with that. Right. Like, it's cool. Yeah. We're good. Okay, yeah. that's out of the way. Let's move forward. I love that you guys started your relationship with like such transparency. Oh, totally. And we've just always been that way. It's always just been communication, talk about whatever and anything. And neither of us hold anything against each other. It's, oh, you're really into Kardashians? Okay, I don't care. That's fine. And I know she's really into, I don't know, those weird old shows that everybody's like Bridgerton, except then I got into it. And then, and then you liked Bridgerton. Yeah. And then I'm yeah. obsessed with it. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Downton like, Abbey. Right. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, you like these shows. That's fine. We have our things, but we just, we're fine with whatever. And we support one another in everything we do. Do you flip back and forth between Bridgerton and keeping up with the Kardashians? Yes. Yes. Oh, I binge through Bridgerton. <laughs> Because also there's someone on the internet that they're making a Bridgerton the musical. And so I had to know what who these people were they were talking about. So then I said to my wife, I said, okay, you know what? We got to watch. I got to watch this. She had already finished the whole thing. And I'm like, okay, fine. We'll watch it. It's because I watched this thing on TikTok. And now I need to know what everything is. But 
You know what I love so much about following you on social media is that I feel like you, by just being yourself, you've broken down a lot of stereotypes about (laughs) fathers and men and married men and what that dynamic with their wife looks like. Yeah. Do you know, do you know that first of all? I, I hope that because, and there, there's nothing wrong with this, but I think growing up, I grew up where, as you asked earlier, childhood, my dad was always a part of my life, but it was dad went to work, he came home and it's like his day was in quotes done. Right. He's, he ate dinner, he watched whatever he did. And that's just that was just the way it was. So common in the exactly. 80s. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with it. I just always have always had this mentality of I want to be at my kids' games. I want to be a part of my kids' lives. I want to be going to their school and reading to them. Um, I want to be the one picking their clothes yeah. for them and doing their hair. And doing their hair. Can we talk about <laughs> your hair skills for a minute? Because I remember the first time I went out of town for a work commitment and my husband had to do my oldest daughter's <laughs> hair. And he tells this story where she had told him she wanted a ponytail, right? Like pretty basic. Yeah. And he was like, okay, Ruby, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. So he's doing her hair and she starts sobbing <laughs> and she goes, daddy, are you doing your best? Are you doing your best? You know, and at the end, like the finished product was pretty good. Yeah. She did go to preschool and the preschool teacher said, did your daddy do yeah. your hair today? You know, but you are like taking this to another level. You're like braiding. Yeah. You're like watching the YouTube videos. Oh how, yeah. Tell me how that dynamic happened so that started childhood i have a lot of girl cousins and they would babysit me and they had long hair and so we would sit around and watch little women and they'd teach me how to braid their hair and so for the longest time all i could do was a basic braid which is more than most Most, guys most fathers yes if you can just braid hair that's a step up so then i kind of Figured I wanted to do a little more, so I would teach myself how to do a French braid or a fishtail braid or all these others and just learning them. And then it was one day talking to a friend, Abby, and her showing me, oh, I can't do a French braid, but I can do a Dutch braid. All the things. I'm just like dropping all the names of them like I'm some professional. I'm impressed. It was just somebody sitting down with me and saying, oh, here's how you do it. And then I figured it out. Were the first ones perfect? No. But as I kept trying and as my daughter kept letting me try, and it's the thing I've loved the most about it is it's our time together. Whether I'm super happy with how it turned out and it's exactly what she wanted where she says, I want an Elsa braid, but I want it to be this Elsa braid. Uh I'm like, Show yourself Elsa. That's my four-year-old. I want show yourself Elsa hair. I'm like, okay, show yourself Elsa. From the song, show yourself. You know, it's like they're so specific. So specific. (laughs) So I try my hardest and it's just our time that we sit and we talk and I hope that she just remembers these moments forever. But 
Yeah, that's how all the braiding started. And what you're like, your wife doesn't want to do her hair. So she, I cannot do what we all call piggies. Oh. If there are rubber bands, multiple rubber bands, I just can't do it. It's something about having fingernails or so, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I cannot figure out rubber bands. Okay. Everything else, bobby pins, braids. You're I'm good. good. Yes. And then the other thing too is that like you're like a you're like a not a normal dad. You're a cool dad. Yeah. You're like shopping, right? Like you've yeah. talked a lot about your love of shopping. Oh yes. Um do, and you know, the hair and the watching the keeping the up with the Kardashians. <laughs> I love that like you're so authentically yourself and you're just putting it out there like yeah. hey other dads, it's cool if you like to do this stuff too. Like yeah. You don't have to fit the mold. Totally. Why do you feel like it's important to put that out there? I think it's because in high school, I was teased a lot for that. I was always teased for, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you love to shop, that you care about what you're wearing, um, that you don't play sports. And so I had to do something to like hide that. And then as I got older, I thought... I don't care what people, who cares? It doesn't matter what people think. And if they don't like me, okay, that's fine. But it turns out a lot more people have been like, oh my gosh, I love this. My husband is just like you. How do I help him? Feel be, cool. Yeah, with be it. himself. And I just, you just do it. It doesn't matter. And we just have to get past that point that you can like shopping. You can like watching America's Next Top Model or Kardashians or it's fine, but you don't have to always be watching sports. You don't have to. There's no rules to what you have to do anymore. And that's what I love. Yeah. John, my husband was raised by a single mom, mm -hmm. did not grow up playing sports. Doesn't know any. I know more about yeah. sports than he does. <laughs> right. And it's something that like especially when he was first starting out in his career, he had this colleague at his law firm that was like, did not get it, right? And so they'd go on like these interviews or meetings with clients and he'd be like, do you want me to like coach you a little bit so you have something to talk about with these other guys? Like, yeah. let me let me coach you on how to talk sports lingo. Yeah. And at first, John was like, do I have to learn this stuff? Like, right. You know, and now he's, every time somebody's talking about sports, he's like... I just don't know anything. Like, it's, yeah. Like, I just don't know anything about it. You it's know, fine. Like, we always say his man card is full of DIY projects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know anything about sports. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. I can still be a normal member of society, even totally. though I don't know anything about sports. Yes. And I'm a dad. The Heart of the Home continues in just a moment. Hey, everyone, just letting you know about our accessories collection now on Stag Design Shop. It's growing from candlesticks to rugs to luxurious throws. These items will elevate your home and make great companions to our artwork, pillows, and existing accessories. You can view the new collection for yourself at stagdesignshop.com. That's stag with two Gs. What do you hope your own sons learn about being a father from you? I just hope that they learn that they can do whatever they want, that it doesn't matter. Granted, my boys right now are obsessed with sports. So I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I know nothing about plays or 
positions or anything, but I know where we could go buy all your stuff. <laughs> I know where we can get all the equipment. Yeah. I know that Nordstrom doesn't sell any of that stuff, but we can get you like athleisure there. <laughs> and so I just hope that they know that like I genuinely care about supporting them and that they will want to do that with their kids too, that they will want to be a part of their kids' lives if not the same more than what I've done. Yeah, it's like I don't have to know everything about the thing that you care passionately about. Yeah. I can still support you. Yeah. And and show that I'm invested in what's important to you. Totally. I, I'm not going to be your coach, but I'll for sure be your cheerleader. You're going to be the loudest cheerleader <laughs> on 100%. the sidelines. 100%. Sometimes the parents are like, oh, who is this guy? I'm like... <laughs> You don't follow me? Okay, cool. Oh, I feel That's like fine. I'm always the mom screaming my head off at dance performances. Oh, yeah. Like, go, Ruby! <laughs> like, I'm always screaming. And then I look around and everyone's like staring at me. And I'm like, I just want her to know that I'm here right. and I'm cheering her right. on. You know? Exactly. And my voice is like cracking as I'm screaming my yeah. child's name up They're on like, the stage. Oh, there's my mom. One time I, I screamed Anna's name. She was up on the stage. And I was like, go, Anna. And you can hear her on the video. She goes, hey, mama. <laughs> she knew it was me in the audience screaming. And that was like so one of my cute. proudest moments yes. as like a mom cheerleader. <laughs> um, let's talk about your dynamic at home and, and the conversations that you and your wife had. Like, this is the feeling we want in our home. This is how we want our home to function. These are, you know, these are the things we want our kids to know about their childhood home. Sure. So growing up or when we first were dating, we would we would sit on these stairs right by her condo, and we'd talk about these things, and we'd say, "What do you What do you want? First of all, how many kids do you want? We both wanted four, and our dream was to have two boys, two girls. Like I don't know what we did, but we really lucked out. Maybe it's waiting until you're thirty to get married, and then all that stuff happens. But we just talked about how we wanted to make sure our kids knew that we loved them." that we cared about them, that we are always there for them. Um, we've always wanted our home to be a place that our kids feel comfortable inviting their friends over, that our home is a open is open to friends coming and that their friends feel comfortable and want to come back. We wanted to always have it be a place where people felt safe and protected and that there was a peace in there that was welcoming to all and then also we also we always wanted it to be full of color and bright and just exciting and but also clean because I'm crazy about cleaning but just making sure that they know they can have fun and that it's going to be a good time when you come to our home. Do you feel like you've accomplished that? I think so. I'm for sure not the best at when people come that I don't worry about the mess. I think that's the one thing I've got to work more on um, because I get so like, oh my gosh, they're just throwing popcorn everywhere. This is going to be a nightmare. But really it takes like seven minutes to vacuum it up. It's easy. And if if they had fun and if they enjoyed it, great. But also let them know like, okay, this isn't how it is at our home. We don't just throw things everywhere, but not get frustrated and just explode or anything letting him letting him know that okay it's okay it's okay to have fun but let's just make sure we're not getting too crazy so i think for the most part yeah it's just sometimes we're all parents and 
Yeah. We can get real upset. I I don't love large groups of people, even oh, yeah. though I love hosting. Mm-hmm. I like smaller, intimate conversations. And so I realized a few years ago that my coping mechanism for that was that I would set everything up. Everything would look beautiful. And then I'd spend most of the large gathering cleaning. So I oh. would like set everything up get everything ready. And then I'd like remove myself from the situation and go and clean yeah. and like do all the dishes and make sure all the food, you know. And I realized that that was coming across as like me not being interested in the gathering, like that I was just like a snob or something. And yeah. and so it's been like a conscious effort for me to let go of that and go, you know what? It's okay. And the best example for me, actually, have you met Kristen Andrus before? Oh, yes. So... I've been to gatherings at her house before, which is beautiful. Her house is incredible. She does not get uptight about things breaking, messes being made. And I was like, how do you do this? Uh Like, how do you let go of that? And I remember her saying, like, I just don't ever want that to be the thing that stops someone from coming to my house. So that's been a great lesson for me. I'm like, I need to do that more. I need to just chill the heck out, you know? And like, just let everybody realize this is a place to be yourself and relax. Yeah. Do you struggle with that too? Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh, I'm crazy. But I also, I try to make sure that if we have people over, um, that I, my struggle is I want to talk to everybody and make sure everyone feels like that I care. And sometimes I feel like I don't give everyone the time that they need but it's also impossible depending on if you have a huge group of people to make sure you talk to every single person equally. Yeah. That is something I will say um, in the few interactions that we've had. I remember the first time I met you in person, we were at Jolly's. Yeah. Actually, which you love to shop yes. at Jolly's. You talk all about <laughs> shopping at Jolly's. Um, but you like came right up to me and you were like, I know you. Yes. I follow you on Instagram. And I was like, that was so kind of because I was kind of like there all by myself. Yeah. And, you didn't really know a lot of people there. Where did you learn that like initiative to just go up and talk to somebody and make them feel comfortable right away? For sure, my wife. She is the one that does that. All the, she is the best at making people feel comfortable and welcome. Because there were many times people were coming up to me and they'd say, "Oh my gosh, I follow you on Instagram. I do all the. I'm so obsessed with you." And you just get overwhelmed. And you want to shut down and not say anything because you ju- you don't know what to say because they're saying all the things about you. Yeah. And she said, you need to just act. I mean, you don't know these people. So ask them about them. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. What's your name? What's your handle? Th- that's so great. Did you see this? Or just ask them questions about them because they already know everything about you. And so she's really helped me learn to be more personable and talking to other people because I'm always as much as we all think that I'm the one that'll come out and be wild and crazy and talk to every single person. It's I'm very shy and very quiet and reserved until I know somebody. Mm -hmm. Once I know you, then I'm like wild, fun, exciting, the life of the party. Yeah. You've recently jumped into the home DIY space. Thank you, COVID. Yes, you had a COVID project. Yes. Yeah, tell me about that. So I am really shocked at how much we've actually done. Um, So when we purchased our house four years ago, 
there were things I definitely knew we wanted to do. I do not, I own a toolbox that we got as a wedding gift that we <laughs> registered for, but I've never owned a tool ever. So with that, you want to do things, but then to do these projects costs money and, or you do it yourself. And I thought, okay, we could do this ourselves. And so I'd start with little things like revamping our shed just by painting it because we saw somebody do theirs. So we could do that. And then we decided, let's redo our kitchen. And we didn't get it, but you would have thought we did. But all we did was we took off all the doors of the cabinets, repainted it, talked to people like Kara Fox, asking what paint she had because we loved a paint color she'd used. And then we just did it and we ordered our hardware and it was crazy and people went bananas over it, but we couldn't do anything. We were in our home. We had been um, tested positive for COVID. Oh, jeez! And so we had 14 days where we just, this is our life. And we got so <laughs> sick of seeing our kitchen. So we wanted to do something. So let's just paint it. And it was amazing at the change that that made just by painting the cabinets and changing hardware, what that did to the whole space. And to your life. Oh, yeah. Isn't that amazing? I always tell people you cannot underestimate the power of paint or throw pillows. 100%. Like, people are always like, why does it matter? You know, like, it's this going to function the same. It's like, no, no it way. completely changes the way that you feel about your space. Oh, yeah. How you treat your home, right? When yes. you like it and you love it, you treat it completely differently. Yes. We now love our kitchen's not big and we love being in there. And it was, we wanted to have a space that we're always making dinner and eating dinner at the table together as a family. And we wanted to make it a space that we liked looking at. Yeah. So, that's and then you how launched into out. bathroom. Oh, my gosh. That. That's a big project. And so many people said that. And I was like, it'll be fine. I can demo. And that I could do. Yeah. And that fortunate for us, our tile was not done right. So when people, when I said, I'm going to take out all the tile and I'm going to do this, it won't take me long. Everybody was messaging me that there's no way you're going to get all the tile out <laughs> in a day. But since it was done so poorly, the tile was liter literally popping off. Um, the guy that came to do our tile, to redo our tile, he said, if I'm shocked that with the earthquakes that we had, that your tiles didn't just fall. Because that's how bad they were done. So, yeah, I demoed the whole thing. I took out the huge vanity that the bathroom was our eye, not eyesore. It just didn't fit with how the rest of the house looked. It was very gaudy, 90s, um, like, French. Uh, it was too much. And for being, like, the kids' bathroom and the main bathroom, if people were to come over, it just did not fit the vibe. So we all that was the one thing when we bought the house, that we will redo the bathroom. And so then I just said, what, seriously, one Saturday, I said to Emily, I was like, what are our, what are our plans today? Do we have any plans? And she said nothing. And I was like, okay. And Today I just start, I started doing it. And she was like, I should have never said anything. I should have had like something to say that we were doing. And I was like, 
Too late oh, now. Well. I already took all the tile off. The vanity's out. So here we go. Yeah, it ha- now it has to happen. And how do you feel about it now that it's done? Oh my gosh, I love it. Every time you walk by, aren't you like, I am the baddest, <laughs> awesomest person on the planet? Like, I did that. That's yeah. what I always tell people about DIY projects. It's like, once you do something, you will be like, I rule. Yeah. I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. I cannot believe, and how fast it was done. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this. This is, a, it's night and day different. Oh, yeah. From before. And it makes you so much happier. Oh, my gosh. When it's we done. use it all the time. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Do you feel like you're in your forever home? No. No. For sure not. No. It was exactly what we wanted when we were looking. It had all the things we wanted on our checklist. We wanted four bedrooms, we wanted two bathrooms. We wanted a ba- a basement that the kids could play in, and we wanted a fenced-in backyard. It had all those things, but we're in Bountiful. It wasn't exactly where we wanted, but what we've what we've learned is that it may not be our for- forever home, but it's our home right now, and so we're making it as if it were our forever home. We're making it so that we love being there. Yeah, that's so important, and I'm always telling my clients like. When your home is a place that you love being in, that inspires you, that you feel most yourself and most at ease, it literally is a life changer. And people are like, and then it happens and they're like, oh, you were right. Yeah. Yeah? And we're spending so much more time in our homes than ever before. Yeah. You know, it's no wonder that you were like, I am so sick of looking at my kitchen cabinets every single day. I can't stand it one more second. I'm going to launch into it. Yeah. What else is on your checklist? So, I mean, right now we're adding another bedroom and bathroom. So our basement is half finished. So we're finishing the basement. Oh, wow. So we're not doing it ourselves. This is something where I'm like, these, th- there's no way I'm going to try to figure out how to frame drywall and frame and drywall yep. like around things. The bathroom was easy for drywall because it was a square. It was easy to put things in where the basement, it's all brand new. And so we're paying to have it all done. But yeah, so we're putting in a bedroom, not that we need one. We're making it a gym because why not? (laughs) Um, And then just to have another bathroom because it's in the basement. The basement doesn't have one just to make easy access. So... That's what we're doing now. And then we're hoping once it warms up to really finish up our backyard to make it a space. Our house is, we love hosting. Our house is not a hosting house. So what we've decided is let's make it one by adding the patio that we added over the summer last year. We're going to get big, fun furniture and just make it so that when we do have people over to gather, the space is in the backyard, is outside. It'll just only be like spring, summertime, we can use it. But it's something more than what we have. Yeah. We love entertaining. And for the first few years that we lived in this house, we hadn't finished the backyard. It was like we unearthed in a pet cemetery. It was like cursed back there. It, I mean, it had like all kinds of issues in finishing this project. But now that it's finished, it's like 
This is our favorite place. Oh, yeah. Like, we love it so much. And we love having people back there. You're going to need some string lights. Yeah. I can oh, tell yeah. you right now. Oh, we're for sure doing that. Yeah. That's like, I feel like a mood changer. Yeah. Is having string lights in your backyard. Right. What would you say to somebody who has maybe come across your Instagram account, doesn't know a lot about you? What do you want them to know about you? I want them to know to not judge a book by its cover. I think a lot of people come over and then they're like, oh my gosh, he's so fun. He's so crazy. He's so like over the top, does all these things that are not what you would expect from a dad. But with that, like know that I do enjoy time with my family, which I think is being shown, um, that I love trying new things, that you see probably 20% of what's really happening. And just that I'm just a normal guy that just happens to have followers on Instagram. I thought you were going to say, I'm just a normal guy who has really good taste in clothes. Because <laughs> you are that too. I mean, that's in there. That's a given. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of the times we get intimidated by numbers. We see that somebody has a high following on social media and we think that they're like almost a celebrity and I never want people to feel that with me. If you were to see me in real life, you would just say, oh my gosh, Jason, hi. It's, or what everyone says is, oh my gosh, the modern dad. But just know that I'm just a regular person, just like you, that just people enjoy watching what I do. I can say that that is absolutely true. You well, are thanks. just as lovely in person <laughs> as you are online. And now I have to look up the leotard video. Oh, you'll see it. <laughs> you will see it. <laughs> Where can people find you? So the modern dad at the modern dad with underscores. I also have a blog, themoderndad.com. And yeah. And you will get all kinds of fabulous tips if you follow. Oh, him. yes. Oh, all the tips. Get ready. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Thank in. you so much. This has been so fun. It was lovely seeing you in person again. Yeah, same. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.